0: Welcome to Pro AV Now by MarketScale, your source for the latest news and innovations in the audiovisual world straight from industry professionals. Now, here's your host. Hey, it is Jeremy Robinson, another edition of Pro AV Now, and he's bringing techie back. He's a technology blogger, a podcaster, sales professional. He's one of the great minds of the company, Barco. He's also known as AV Phenom on Twitter. We're already Twitter buds. We say hello to Mark Coxon, of Barco man. Great to have you on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on here.
0: One of the things that I saw on Twitter just a, a few minutes ago really excited me, and I wish I would have found it a couple of days ago. Was your Halloween hack?
1: Oh yeah, that yeah. was. You want to tell us about that? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here at home and I'm um, uh, having a little, you know, having a little envy, to be honest, a little envy of the neighbors' houses and their uh, their Halloween decorations, and so. Instead of going out and buying a bunch of purple lights and singing pumpkins, I thought we'd do some haunted window display. And, of course, uh, you know, your window is going to let light pass through it, being the nature of what a window is. Mm. And so uh, I was trying to think of a way to turn my window into a rear projection screen and went through a drawer in my kitchen and found Glad Press and Seal, which is kind of a uh, translucent material that sticks to things. And so I coated the window with that and threw a projector on it, and lo and behold, it actually worked. Man. I can't hey. believe it.
0: Some of the pictures, I mean, did, did your neighbors uh, come, come knocking on the door asking what in the world did you do?
1: Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. We had a lot of little kids scared, and and I would hear people stand outside for, you know, a few minutes watching the different ghosts try to pop through the window and things like that. <laughs> so it actually uh, became quite a hit for about a, a dollar's worth of uh, press and seal stuff. I love that.
0: That's very cool. Uh, our, before we get into more of the questions, you want to just give us your quick day-to-day duties that uh, you do there with Marco?
1: Yeah, so with Barco, I'm a regional sales manager for uh, Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. Which means uh, I help dealers get demo units, do demonstrations for end users, uh, or even as in the last couple days, uh, maybe help tune up some projectors for large spaces or things like that. So, nice. got to flex my uh, my CTSI muscle a little bit every once in a while and get out there on the install side, or I lose my street cred. You know,
0: <laughs> absolutely. How did you uh, get into the uh, whole agency? view world how did this happen
1: it it was by complete accident I was going to school for zoology I thought I was gonna be living in Kingman Arizona in an RV counting guppies for the rest of my life real um, and then I married a girl who didn't like camping so that changes things quite a bit <laughs> so uh, I got a I got a real job I say my first real job was with IBM and uh, I worked there a couple years selling computers IT managers if you can imagine calling 65 IT managers a day every day oh. for two years that's what i had to do and then trying to sell them ibm computers which are twice as much as any of their dell or gateway at the time counterparts so uh but one of my buddies there went into av and uh about a year after he got out of ibm he called me and their company was expanding and so i went and interviewed and it was an interesting interview in that uh, they asked me what my weak points were and i wasn't smart enough or or i guess experienced enough to spin that question yet so sure i i said i don't know av i can't I couldn't hook up my VCR in here tomorrow if you asked me to. <laughs> wow! But, but I can learn it, and they but somehow they hired me. I don't know. They pr-
0: probably and appreciated if, the honesty.
1: Uh, maybe, yeah. They did. They did try to give me about ten thousand dollars less than what they had originally told me the job paid. But I, I didn't let him get away with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might not know, but that doesn't mean I, I'm going to not learn and then be better than anybody at hooking up that VCR.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that's you know that's really how I got into it. And It was uh, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting industry and ever changing. And so, uh, you know, I've worked on the integration side. I've worked on the residential side and on the commercial side. And so. Wow. So you've yeah, been I'm all up in it. Back your side. Yeah.
0: So in any kind of business, there's pros, there's cons. Two questions. What excites you about the AV world and what frustrates you about the AV
1: world? Yeah. Um. I don't know. There are a couple of things. I mean, the things that I find the most exciting, honestly, I, I like seeing new uses for technology. And I think, you know, most of the innovation we see in our space really comes when we start to look sideways and look at what people are doing in other spaces and go, oh, wow, if they only knew how to use this technology to accomplish that goal, wow, that experience could be this much better. And so, those kind of connections for me are are the most exciting is, is helping people use technology in ways that they never thought Mm. uh, and get, you know, value out of it that they didn't even know existed. And so for me, that's the most exciting part of AV. Uh, as far as the most frustrating part, you know, I think, uh, for me, a lot of times the frustrating part is, is there, there are a lot of people who just want to run their business like they did 20, 30 years ago. And they want to like, Oh man, I I really just want to sell a projector in a box and make 40 points margin and go on and about their day. And, And there's a place in the industry for that, but if I had to work for a company that that um, you know was doing the same things they were doing 20, 30 years ago, I would I would go insane. <laughs> no
0: kidding. Well, it seems like there's a lot of people who who have to be drug kicking and and screaming into the new world of technology. I am thankful to have grandparents. Uh, my granddaddy just turned ninety. And he's got the uh, iPhone Seven Plus, and he's rocking the thing. Oh, but awesome! There is a lot of people that do not want to embrace, do not want to hear, do not want to extend into that new world.
1: Why do you think? Uh, it's just comfort, you know. That's that's the that's the main thing. I mean, and then sometimes people get the technology, and then they they um, they utilize it in an old way. Right, right. Like you you mentioned your grandpa. I remember one of the great stories I had about my grandpa. My grandpa got a computer, and I came over to his house one day. He said, "I got an email from your cousin Katie." You should come see it. So I go back in his computer room and I sit down at his desk thinking he's going to open up his computer. And instead he opens up a file cabinet and pulls out a printed version of the email that my cousin Katie had sent him. And then he put in a file in his cabinet. And he was, a, he was an HR manager at a mine for 40 years. Wow. And, uh, you know, he that's the way he did things. And he was under this impression that uh, he didn't understand the difference between hard drive space and RAM. Mm-hmm. And so he said... He thought saving things on his computer decreased his memory and slowed it down, so he didn't save anything. He'd delete, he'd print it, and then delete it. <laughs> wow. Well, at least he thought it, you know was thinking it through. <laughs> yeah, he had a reason. He had a reason for doing things the wrong way. But, oh, that's you know, great. I think it's a comfort level thing. You know, I mean, it, it changes hard. People used to ask me when I was on the integration side, what, "Mark, why would you write for a commercial integrator and and tell your competition, you know, how to talk to customers or how to talk to IT managers or." Or how to design things that you know how to design. I mean, you're giving away secrets. And my whole thing was always, well, if an end user reads it, they're going to hire me. And if my competitor reads it, probably 9 out of 10 times, even if they think it's a good idea, they do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. They, it's just human nature. They just go back to doing it. And then the one or two guys that do try it realize it's hard to change. And they go back to doing it the old way. So I, do, I really don't risk anything. In, um in trying to raise that bar and if for some reason somebody gets it right more power to them
0: so last month you guys took a giant leap in the LCD video wall history by launching Barco UNe Can you tell us about that
1: Yeah I mean uh, without going into you know too many details about the products I don't want to I don't want to turn this into a pitch but you know um, we had a new we had a new product launch and uh, you know I'll leave it up to people who saw it to define it in the way that they'd like to define it sure. I mean, But I'll tell you that, you know, a couple guys in my company were pretty skeptical when it comes to, uh, especially when it comes to marketing buzzwords. And uh, we were both sitting there the day before kind of talking, and commiserating on the phone, like, oh, my God, we're probably going to come out with some very small incremental improvement. And we're selling it like it's the best thing on sliced bread. And uh, after the event was over, we did an event at Spring Studios in New York and, and uh, debuted this product. And after the event was over, that gentleman called me and he was like, hey, I, I think we really got something here. You know, and so there were a lot of Periscope videos and you can hear people wowing in the background. And it's just a it's just a new way to approach video wall
0: how did the, the conversation begin w- within the company that here's what we want to do. We've got this idea.
1: Yeah. You know, I think like so many, like all the good ideas, I would say um, they come from customer empathy. And when I worked for milestone, they were really good at this too. When I was on the chief daylight and audio teams and, and Barco uh, took this same philosophy and just um, really just talked to their customers and said, you know, Hey, what really, what really drives you nuts about building a video wall? and, you know, anybody's product, not Barco specific or anybody's product, but just building a video wall in general is typically a pain. I mean, the monitors could all be slightly different sizes. You have to space the mounts out. You have to get them all independently level and plumb and flush. And then you have to have some way to access those things once they're on the wall. And over time, if one of those displays dies and you have to replace it with a new one, a lot of people don't know, but LCD panels are almost like when you buy carpet or tile for your home. Mm. You buy a whole bunch extra because the dye lot in the carpet and the tile isn't the same. And when you go to replace it with the same model yeah. later, it may not be the same color. Um, LCD panels are very similar. If they're not in the same serial number bunch, that one may never be able to be the same color as the others. So now all of a sudden you got you know sky blue in the middle of your periwinkle sky and doesn't look so great. So you know we really tried to take a look at what fails, how can we make it redundant, how can we make sure that the panels stay consistent, that they're uniform, that we get things flush and easy to access, and then, and then uh, maintain over time. You know, this. one of the guys I talked to, he was like, you know, a lot of video walls look great in the beginning, but most of them look horrid after their first service call. And so that's really what we tried to address. Who
0: are the main customers that you're going after with this new video wall?
1: Well, I think with Barco, we have uh, you know obviously they can work anywhere. I, I think our heritage always has come with image quality, and so you know I, I don't think we'll ever be you know the we'll never be the the low price leader. And for people who don't really care about quality but just want something to say they have something, I don't I don't know that they would buy the product. Right. Um, you know, our our traditional heritage in video walls was in control room, um, but this product is. Uh, really bridges a lot of gaps. I think you'll see it more in, in retail and lobbies and visitor centers. I mean, one of the most shared, I think, AV experiences last year that I saw anyway on LinkedIn was, is the Salesforce lobby up in San Francisco with the waterfalls that cascade over the elevators. I don't know if you've seen that, but no, it's a, it's a huge, it's not, it's not a video wall. It's actually L, a direct view LED, but the whole, the whole entryway as you come in is coated with direct view LED and they've got content that comes down, and it's like waterfalls that are spilling right over these openings to the elevators. Wow. And as it hits where the top of the doorway is, it actually goes left and right, like the water is actually cascading off of that opening to the sides and flowing down. And and um, so you know, we're seeing a lot of this where businesses are trying to differentiate themselves, just as a general trend in the industry. And um, you know, they're trying to they're trying to create. Place-based experiences that make people want to come there just to come there. Like even if you didn't have any business in Salesforce or you don't even like Salesforce, if you walked by that building, you would want to go inside and stand in that lobby for a few minutes and watch the content. Wow! And I think you know that's those are the kind of experiences that I think are are um, fun to create and things that we're chasing in the industry. And this product is as well as kind of other products out there, but this product I think is uniquely you know suited to uh, to fit that type of of experience so
0: you know there's a lot of people that don't like to talk about the future they don't want to think or pontificate of of what could be coming are you that type of person or or, or do you like to think wow what is the next five years going to look like what are we going to come out with that is just gonna uh, wow me
1: well i i do like to think about it for sure i can't say that i've with any authority been able to uh to extrapolate what's coming out next. right um I think we're I think as in most technology industries, um, you know we sell small incremental improvements as these huge revolutionary changes, and I think that hurts us many times as an in industry. Um, I've written about that in the past that you know we have this kind of hype excitement curve that Gartner and some of these guys talk about, and uh, the more we hype things the the lower the trough of disillusionment is you know afterwards <laughs> and so you know I, I think. I could tell you one thing. The the next big thing in AV isn't going to look anything like what we have now. Mm. I mean, for me, I'm a biology guy, like I said earlier. and So, you know, for me, the next big step in AV is either something where we we start to see true laser holography, where we're using pulse lasers and creating, you know, 3D light sculptures in space and midair across steam or some kind of substrate, you know, something like that or we're pushing, you know, uh visual data right into the optic nerve just bypassing the retina altogether. Um I think those will be the huge revolutions, you know, in AV right. over time. You know, when you could beam data right into somebody's head, um Ooh. that kind of changes things a little bit. Right. <laughs> That's for, a ball game words. changer.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, listen. I'm glad that you're able to do both now. You can stand in front of the uh, big, nice uh, uh, video wall and maybe watch the fish uh, swim, and so you can have both the best of both worlds: your your old life and your new life all combined.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I think you know, I mean, everybody's pushing VR and AI, and I think those are two great you know technologies or any type of, I guess, mixed reality, augmented reality, VR, all grouped together there. Um, but I think you know, there's still a lot of roadblocks to making that take off. And, and one of those is just the interface. I mean, when you have to have IR sensors and, and uh, hold joysticks to move around a VR environment, it's not a natural experience yet. So until, um, until we get the technology to a place where it's you know tracking the person as they move through the space and um, without them having to hold those things or have those type of light sensors and things, I think we won't really see that go mainstream until it becomes uh, less of a barrier to uh, interact with. just
0: another thing we can look forward to here in the future right
1: exactly yeah it'd be cool to it'd be cool to just walk in or walk in a room and have a true holodeck experience we're just not quite we're just not quite to that point yet
0: mark Coxon from barco
1: thanks for the time man no worries hey thanks so much for having me on the show i appreciate it I, i had to do a little i hadn't heard your show before so i i mean unfortunately i i so i i actually did a little uh you know, Twitter stalking on you beforehand. I love but, uh, that. <laughs> very Very impressed and honored that you would have me on.
0: The pleasure is ours. Again, thanks to Mark Coxon from Barco for joining us on the show today. My name is Jeremy Robinson. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ProAVNow. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to Pro AV Now by Market Scale. Join us every Wednesday for new episodes featuring conversations with industry leaders as we unpack the latest in everything from LED all the way to digital content. You can find us at marketscale.com and also on iTunes. Pro AV Now, your home for everything
1: B2B and professional audio visual. We'll see you next time.